I'm Billy Jaffe. On this episode of the Ness in My Story podcast, Charlie McAvoy explains how his two favorite sports, surfing and hockey, aren't as different as you may think. In the summer, that, that's what we did. We'd get up in the morning and, and go to the beach, and it's still what I love to do. It's kind of shaped me into who I am. He just loved the hockey, and he always played well. He always felt that he played well in Boston. McAvoy scores! I think as a defenseman, you get more touches. You get to see the game. You have everything in front of you. McAvoy's BU on BU violence right there. In every environment, Charlie McAvoy goes with the flow. Just kind of be along for the ride and, and do the best I can in everything I do. Gliding with ease, hockey and surfing take the same finesse, as Charlie McAvoy Sr. explains. Balance and, and uh, short-term stamina, you know, uh, shift on hockey is short. When you're paddling for an outside set or a wave, you gotta, you gotta really sprint to get to it. Let's start with uh, where it all began, Long Beach. What was that environment like? Well, growing up in Long Beach, it's more of a, uh, a surfing community, a, a beach town. Kind of a community that everybody knows everybody. Tight-knit, there's so many people here that would put their hand out for anybody. That was kind of my childhood, was either playing sports or going to the beach and a little bit of both, but um, definitely grew up uh, in hockey, thanks to my dad. I played hockey my whole life and uh, just got him on skates when he was three years old and took off from there, he loved it. How often would you go to the beach when you were a kid during the summer? Oh, almost every day. That's what we did. We'd get up in the morning and, and go to the beach. Some of my best memories as a kid, uh, running around with my friends and going to the beach and hanging out. Charlie's mom, Jen McAvoy, loved those summer days on the beach with her family. We went straight down to the beach and we stayed there all day. And the kids could go back and forth, so they were, they were big swimmers. They were always up at the pool, and then they'd come back to the beach, and then they'd go in and surf, then they'd come back out. At what age did you start surfing? So my dad grew up surfing his whole life, and that really became his passion. It's something that he still does to this day. I think he got me probably around like six or seven. Um, started out small on one of those foam boards. He saw me surfing all the time, so he was jumping in right behind me, and the waves would get good and it would get really good and he'd be like, Dad, I want to get out there and he'd go for it and I'd get him all the way out there and some, some big surf. We, we get decent surf with, with storms and things and he'd be out there as a little guy and people would be like, what are you doing with him out here? I was, I was like, he's good, he can handle it. And he loved it. He's a really good surfer. He, he grew up and he had certain sponsorships and stuff and did contests up and down the East Coast. Um, and then when he was around 20, he, uh, he ultimately he started taking over McAvoy Plumbing and Heating. The family legacy, hard work, started at McAvoy Plumbing and Heating, a family business that's nearing its century mark. My grandfather started it in the, in the 20s. Grandfather passed away, my dad took over the business. We lost my dad young, I was 21 years old and uh, he passed and I was working in the business. I had been there about seven months. And my brother Kevin, who's 10 years older than me, he and I took over the business and uh, we've never looked back. So proud of him and 
for the sacrifices he made and, and how hard he works every day. Uh, I know how hard he works and all of it was, uh, you know, to make sure that, that myself and my siblings um, were able to have a, a, a great childhood and give us the opportunities that we have now. Can you fix anything plumbing-wise? Are you, are you capable? I can't do anything. You can definitely talk them through it and I've done that before from, from here to, to Boston. We've landed the plane over the phone a couple of times. He's had problems. My dad always said uh, to work as hard as I could in hockey because he didn't want me to be a plumber. <laughs> Destined for a career in pro sports, he was surrounded by supportive sisters at home. I have three sisters. I always wish one of them was a boy, um, but now I'm happy. Uh, I mean, growing up, so Kayla was a 96, I was a 97 birth year. So we were like this, we did everything together and we were best friends and we still are. Uh, and then Holly and Heather came a few years later. They're twins, so, so their relationship is, you, you can't separate them. And I love them so much, they're amazing people. Um, they're so supportive in everything I do. I try and reciprocate that, and I know when I'm around, especially in the summer, that's kind of the time I try and be there uh, for them to give back a little bit of that support. Charlie and his sisters routinely ventured to the nearby Nassau Coliseum. Probably a couple times a month when, when exciting teams would come, when Washington would come, we'd go and watch Ovechkin. He was just a hockey fan, everything about hockey. My dad was always... Uh, he was always so good about it when I would say, hey, I, I want to stay after at the old Coliseum. It's not like now where your bus is tucked underneath. They, they used to have to walk out uh, to walk to the bus and people were allowed to stand out there and um, in, in a roped off section. Um, so I would just walk up there as a little kid and I'd have a, a jersey of, you know, of uh, whatever team was coming that I wanted to see and I would wait there for signatures. What was the best hockey gift? you got as a kid. Whatever player jersey I wanted, I would get so excited for that. I bought entirely too many hockey jerseys. He had, he had every pro team plus college teams. That's funny, I have so many jerseys from other players in the league who would have no idea. Mike Sillinger, when he played for the Islanders, I have a Ryan Getzlaff jersey. It says to Charlie, best wishes. So I got a bunch of them, we kept all of them, I still have them. Now it's funny because I, I get to play against those guys. McAvoy blocks the centering pass from Getzloff. You know, they'd have no idea. Any chance you have a Zidane Char jersey by the, from your Because he was still playing then, yeah. obviously. He was just in the sweet spot of his career. Oh, man, I might, I might have his signature on an Ottawa jersey. Believe it or not, yeah. Watching legendary D-men as a kid, it was only a matter of time before he would become a blue liner himself. Were you always a defenseman or did you play other positions? I played forward at first and then what happened was we just didn't have enough D. When I was playing Long Beach Alpacore and my dad was coaching and he's like, hey, you're playing D. A couple of guys actually didn't show up. We didn't have kids show up. And I was like, Charlie, you're playing D. And, and uh, you know, it just, re I realized right away that when he got the puck and he was down low, he could kind of see the whole ice and he just, he, he played so much better you know, with everything in front of them. I think as a defenseman, you get more touches, you get to see the game, you have everything in front of you. So I started to, to have an appreciation for that and, and I liked it and I think honestly playing forward and kind of going just through that whole process, learning how to play on that side of the puck, uh, I think it helped me. I think it helped with my hockey sense and just kind of my IQ. So I, I wouldn't change it. Uh, I think it helped me, but once I got back to D uh, the following season, I was like, this is it, I'm, I'm never going back. Despite multiple local options, Charlie opted to leave Long Beach at the age of 15 to join the Metropolitan Junior Hockey League. Your junior days, the New Jersey team, you're getting that feeling 
that you could go somewhere with hockey. What was that like for you at that age? That New Jersey team, the New Jersey Rockets, and and Bob Thornton, he, he came and asked if I wanted to come play for them. And they had guys like Kevin LeBanc uh, on San Jose, had played there two years prior and went to the national team. And that seemed like something that was pretty far off um, from where I was and how I felt kind of confidence-wise in myself. Um, but I had known that he had you know, produced some, some guys and gotten them to where they wanted to be. Uh, so for me, it was a no-brainer. That year made a world of difference. I grew a lot, I kind of grew into my body. Um, and ultimately, at the end of the year, I got a chance to go try out for the national team, and um, fortunately, I was able to make it. A year later, his wave broke in the right direction, getting a fortuitous call from the U.S. National Team Development Program in Michigan. Do you remember the day or the call or the moment that you were made aware that they were interested in having you come try out for the national program? Yeah, I do. I was in my chemistry class in ninth grade. Uh, and the list had already came out of guys who were invited. I wasn't on the list. So I was pretty bummed about that. It, it was something that I really kind of had my heart set on. I wanted to at least be there and have the opportunity. I felt like I deserved that. You know, whatever it was, uh, I think God had a plan and someone unfortunately got hurt and one thing led to another and I got a call in the middle of the class and I asked to excuse myself. Uh, I went outside and it was Peter Ward. Uh, he asked me if I was still interested in coming. I said, of course I am. And I got on a plane the next day and went out and the rest is history. He was 15 and, and um, you know, Jennifer and I were, were uh, you know, we were nervous about it. We, we just, it was going to be a new experience for him. And um, yeah, I missed him from the first day. We missed him tremendously. It was hard at the beginning. But we made trips out to Ann Arbor as much as possible. We went every month. We made sure that we were out there to see a game. He always kept in contact, so I was still able to be his mother even though he wasn't here. How nervous were you heading out there? Oh, I, I remember I, I actually wasn't. Um, for the first time in a while, I, I wasn't because I had kind of just a completely different view on it. Um, I was kind of the, the late invite and, and all that, so I always said to myself, I'm just going to go play. And whatever happens, happens. And I think that kind of allowed me to just go out and play and have fun and enjoy it. Eager to be closer to home, the New York kid chose a rival city for his collegiate career and became a BU Terrier. I just, I, I fell in love with, with everything, uh, the facilities, the coaches, um, the academic part. I knew that it was a great school, the campus, uh, and ultimately it was Coach Quinn. Uh, I knew his pedigree and, and what he had done. I knew the history of BU, just how special of a place it was. When he decided on BU, we visited and we met a lot of the people there and we really loved the school, so when he decided that, I was happy for him, and I wanted him to be happy wherever he decided to go. We sat down and we talked about it and made sure we were all on the same page, and then I, I ended up calling Coach Quinn that night, and uh, the rest is history. It was the best decision I ever made. McAvoy, Bellagio on Worcester and a goal! McAvoy deals it back, Greenway covering the point shot, and a goal! It was great. You know, that, that experience was... Uh, We'd bring the girls and, and uh, you know, they'd get up, go, B, you, and they would, yeah, they would get into it and uh, we were fans from the, from the start. It was a great spot for Charlie just to continue to build on, on what he had, had uh, you know, started at the program in, in Ann Arbor and uh, he just loved it. Charlie McAvoy can run a power play. Let's see if they go that way. After one season at BU, Charlie awaited his fate in the 2016 NHL Draft. 
if I look back on it, the draft was one of the most amazing experiences of this entire journey with Charlie. When we got there, they kind of treat you almost like royalty and they put that red carpet out for him and you walk behind him like you're something, you know, it's really exciting. When uh, Mr. Jacobs got up there and he announced from Boston University, we, we just knew. Boston University, Charlie McAvoy. The whole family was crying. I go back, I watch that video sometimes just to go back there, because it was so exciting. I still get the, the knock, because uh, he turned to me and hugged me first before his mother. This is so unbelievable, um, unbelievable. <laughs> before you made it to the NHL though, you had World Junior opportunities. How did the World Junior experience impact you as a player and as a person? Um, that tournament just meant so much to me as a kid and I'm sure I'm speaking for all American hockey players. Uh, it was just such a big deal so what a dream come true that was to play in that tournament and I got the opportunity twice. Everyone had all of our USA gear on we were just you know and to represent your country like that it was I knew one of the most special things for him as well. It was my second year it was now the 97 group, which was my age group, the year before was a lot of 96s. We knew the group we were, we knew how close we were, and just something about it felt special, and we went on to have just a dream tournament, an undefeated tournament, and beat Canada twice, beat Russia twice, things that usually don't happen in that tournament. Uh, just the overall experience was something that I'll have for the rest of my life. I missed work for 11 days just to go watch him, but boy, was it worth it. You know, they, they pulled it off in Montreal and, you know, all, to see all those kids work so hard and, and, and get, uh, get the gold medal was, was awesome. Do you remember the moment when you realized you won? Do you remember that, that moment of euphoria? I couldn't get off the bench fast enough, skating so fast. I don't even know who I hugged first, but I ended up kind of doing a somersault over the pile and, uh, Oh man, just that moment, uh, just pure ecstasy, just hugging every guy and just so many I love yous. I could see him on the ice and they were lining up and he turned around to find us. And that was when, you know, of course all the waterworks start going because we're just, you know, sharing this very special moment with him. Some of those guys are my best friends and uh, it was just something that, well, what a dream come true it was. Gold medal in hand, little did Charlie know that he was on the brink of the biggest wave of his life. I know you left early with a purpose, but was it hard leaving BU because of how much you enjoyed it? It was one of the hardest things I, I ever did um, from an emotional standpoint, uh, just from a personal standpoint. I knew that there were so many exciting things on the other side and I wanted to go you know, achieve my, my next dream uh, of playing professional hockey. Uh, but uh, boy was it hard, uh, it was, there was some tears shed and for so many people who did so many things for me at, at BU, I'm forever grateful. It was very hard, it was very emotional, it was a tough decision, but uh, the way that everything worked out, I'm pretty happy. It feels like I blinked my eyes and you know, a second ago I was at Boston University and now I'm, now I've already played a, you know, a stint in Providence and now I'm here and in Ottawa for the playoffs, so, uh, I mean, it's crazy, it's been a whirlwind. I don't even know if it's possible to put into one or two sentences, but what do you remember most about that entire experience as you worked your way eventually towards becoming an NHLer that year? 
it was an insane year. Uh, it really was. We, we had a really good team in college that year, and we ended up losing in the tournament in overtime to Minnesota Duluth. And after that, it was kind of decision time, and I stayed for another three days and took my final exams, and, and then I signed that ATO and went to Providence. And obviously, my, my goal was you know, to, to go down there, hopefully play well, and, and get a chance to come up and play. A little bit sad to, to say goodbye to everybody at, at Boston University. Uh, you know, we kind of all came to the conclusion that you know, I think uh, I'm ready for this step, and you know the the Bruins agreed, and you know they they're very excited, and and I'm also really excited, and I'm looking to just soak up uh, as much information as I can, and and you know learn learn what it's like to to be a professional. He was only there for a, a couple of weeks, but I remember uh, even at that time he had a little inkling that they might need him. And then it just so happened that guys got hurt. It seemed like a whirlwind of injuries. I think it was three defensemen were down in, in two games, the last two games of the year. And then it just kind of happened. Uh, I remember we played on a Sunday in Providence. It was a three and three. And that night I had gone back to Boston and uh, they said to bring my hockey bag just in case, we'll see what happens. So I had my hockey bag, my sticks in the back of the car. and. Uh, I went in and I didn't. I ended up getting a call. It was around like 11. It was right around midnight. Asked me to uh, to be a warrior in the morning. Play your game, bud. That's it. We're not doing things a lot different than prof. I went in and I signed, and we had one practice, and then we were on the ice the next night for game one of the of the playoffs. He called. He says, "Dad, uh, uh, they're shipping me up to Ottawa. Uh, I'm going up to Ottawa, and uh, I, I think you guys are invited." <laughs> so. So we get it. We get a phone call and we get a message that uh, yeah, that we got uh, tickets for you guys to head up to Ottawa to watch his first NHL game. The much-anticipated NHL debut for McAvoy will happen tonight. He's going to start with Kevin Miller, but Bruce Cassidy said after the skate today that could change quickly. Uh, I was numb. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> I was probably more nervous than Charlie. I don't think I could have put skates on and, and went out in a playoff game like that. It just all happened so fast, which I think was was kind of a good thing because I didn't really have a chance to, to slow down and realize how big the moment was. I just got on the ice and played hockey. It brought a tear to my eye. Everything kind of flashed in front of me when I see him go out there in warm-ups, that he's on an NHL rink, NHL ice with all these guys who are, you know, playing in the playoffs. What he had dreamed his whole life was finally coming true. It's almost kind of surreal. Do you remember your first shift? I do. I do. This is funny. I remember... Uh, First shift, I got it at the blue line, I skated to the red, and I went to go dump it in. Uh, I'm fumbling it all the way up, and I ended up shooting it off Riley Nash's, the back of his pants. And that was a turnover, and they started going the other way on a two-on-one, and I think I fell down on the way back. And I remember getting back to the bench, and they said, hey, you know, you can only go up from there. And so I laughed, and, and everybody laughed, and then we kind of just took off. We ended up winning that game. Long Beach, New York, number 73, Charlie McAvoy. Charlie capped off his third season with the Bees on the biggest stage with the full support of Long Beach in his back pocket. During the playoffs, especially during the Cup, what, was it, what does it mean to you to know that a former Long Beach guy, who's now a Boston kid, is being supported by New Yorkers who don't like Bostonians? Yeah, it was awesome. I was getting pictures and it, it meant the world to me to have that support uh, and you kind of said it best it's it's New York people through and through hate the Red Sox and hate the Bruins and all that and that rivalry uh, but they but they supported me and they put their Rangers jerseys away or Islanders jerseys and everyone was wearing their Bruins gear 
really meant the world to me and, and I want all those people to know how appreciative I was. Obviously disappointment at the end, but how much has that uh, helped you as a player? Even though how difficult it was, I kind of take a step back and realize that that experience was something that not very many people have. I can definitely be grateful for those experiences, but it, but it does push to, uh, to get back there and to try and change the ending. How much has faith played a part in your being and your success as a hockey player, do you think? I think a lot, and I think I obviously have my parents to thank for that. They always remind me to, to be grateful for everything that I have, you know, to understand that there is a higher plan and uh, to try and look for it. Is that a calming influence? In Because in, you guys are a pretty hectic world. How much does that help keep you kind of grounded and calm? I think it definitely helps. There's things that are obviously out of your control. And I think in that regard, it allows me to just kind of be along for the ride and, and do the best I can in everything I do. And then kind of just let the rest take care of itself. My story is part of the Nesson Podcast Network. the home for New England sports.